Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As soon as that goes red. Right, Tim? Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, and this podcast focusing on an unbelievable weekend of World Cup quarterfinals. We will have a Premiership podcast in our feed, so hit subscribe and you'll get every episode, but thank you very much for listening. We're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, we're on Acast, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Tell your mates, and like I say... Subscribe. That's JB over there. Hello, Timothy. Philip is there. Hello, Tim. <sighs> just take a just, just have a moment. <laughs> Able to settle down. Yeah, settle down. Wow. Uh, like I'd love to see the graph of my heart rate on my uh, on my little. <laughs> well, you can actually do it. I mean, I can you actually can do it. Actually I've, got do a, I've got a Garmin phone. I might I might actually do that. I'd be fascinated to know what it was, particularly in the last ten minutes of that Wales France game. I would hate to see mine. <laughs> I was. God, I was on edge. Um, oh, because you had a big bet on, didn't you? I did. I you did. What, what, £10, what, 400 quid. What ended, up, what ended up being quite a big bet. Um, An acker. Little accumulated on the four World Cup um, quarterfinals, which was then significantly boosted by predicting that Bristol would beat Bath by more than 13 points, which they did, and that Saints would beat Saracens. Oof, that was Allianz. six to one. Oof. Yeah. How was so, that six to one? So I couldn't believe that was yeah. six to one. Madness. And so, if I'd known it was six to one, I would definitely have gone for Northampton. Mm. So, well, well you, did, you did in the, in the, yeah, the predictions. Yeah, I didn't put my money on it. I put my money yeah. on um, Bristol just to beat Bath. Yeah. So as it stood this morning, uh, I was lined up to win 460 quid. If On only, a £10 bet. On a £10 bet. If only the two heavy favourites... Wales and South Africa ease past their opponents. So my <laughs> my heart rate this morning was so all over so keen the place. South Africa to win. And it all became clear. Of course, if you if you want to lay a bet yourself, then do so with our friends at Betfair. What a good idea! What a great idea! Betfair dot co dot uk. And you'll see on their Twitter channel and on their website and stuff, there are articles that JB and myself are putting up with regularity before every Wales and England game, Hand, which handwritten. Which means we have to do another one because both England and Wales 
are in. I suppose, and I want to start with this big question on the podcast: Who will win the third, fourth place playoff between England and Wales? That's a great <laughs> question. I mean, it's quite, it's such a weird stage of the World Cup now because everyone knows they've got to stay there till the end, yeah. regardless of what happens. You're in it for the long haul now. Two more games for everyone, which oh. Bruce Craig and Nigel Ray are devastated about. They're yes. very, very yeah. upset about. Particularly, well, yeah, particularly after this week's <laughs> results, but we'll talk about them later. So, yeah. when did everyone watch England game? Because that was the first, the first one on the. I can't remember now. That was the first one. It was eight fifteen Saturday morning. Oh, I, I had military precision. I watched, I watched the first half at home. Mm-hmm. Then at half time, I timed it so that it would be about the, the right window of time to get Connie to gymnastics. Then sit in the car, watch the second half on my on phone. phone. Oh God! <laughs> so I did that. I, I was just at home. Me and uh, me and young Thomas. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed the game, and that, f- but that first five minutes made me think, "Oh no, yes, oh no, and oh yeah." I completely agree. I thought Australia came up the blocks strong. The, and we we said it in our preview pod on Thursday. They had to, and they did. They came out all guns blazing. Karevi was a beast. Yeah, Karevi was very. Karevi is a beast. He's an absolute beast. Um, but everyone carried that first phase. They controlled the game. They yep. controlled the ball really well. They worked wide. They weren't narrow. They got the opportunity. I mean, uh, Patea mm. almost went in. Mm. That, that was his best moment of the whole game. And maybe his only moment, frankly. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But I thought that... I was I was nervous while it was happening. And then when England kind of weathered the storm, I thought, maybe that's okay. Maybe that we've just seen about all that Australia can possibly throw at us. And we can hold it, um, and it did. It did transpire that it was a game where Australia consistently, for seventy um, percent of the match, threw everything they had at yeah. England, and for the majority of it, England absorbed it phenomenally. England's well. defence is immense. The scramble—it's yeah. very much when you when you go back ten years. It's what it's what we always used to say about New Zealand: their scramble defence. How do they manage to get numbers back? Yeah, and England are doing it. South Africa are doing it. South Wales do, Africa do, do it very well, and Wales are doing it. So yeah. the last four teams are so hard to break down. Yeah, in England, the big weakness came the Corbetti try that stood. Mm. Um, it came from um, creating an overlap on the outside. So yeah. so Slade early board up, go wide. Yeah, go wide. Slade flew up, and then Watson was forced to pick a man. Yeah. And he, he picked the man and it went back inside um, and Slade wasn't quite there. He hadn't made it back into position after flying up. So that that's New, um, New Zealand will be looking at that as an option. First phase ball, look to get round the outside with fullback coming round and winger coming round well, and options out You there. also wonder, the, the other thing New Zealand did a lot over the weekend, which when you look in the context of England, when Australia did have a bit of joy... You, New Zealand with these crossfield kicks and just kind of mixing it up, you kind of think oh yeah. my God. England are going to have to really watch out. Yeah, you you have to be on your toes so much with New Zealand because, I mean, the New Zealand performance, I'm sure we'll get onto all the performances yeah. properly, but that was one of the most complete performances I've seen in the World Cup and for a long time. Crikey. I, admittedly, so Ireland did look impotent, but it was... So unbelievably dominant. Was at that, all is, that, is that a pun? They're impotent because 
Ireland can't reach a semi. That's <laughs> <laughs> boys, boys, boys. <laughs> they were, they weren't they? Anyway, on on to England. England. Uh, yes. So it's interesting. I was watching the new, um, like after the Sunday Premiership game, BT Sport are now doing a GP tonight. So just yes, kind of a, just having a, having a chit chat, af- dissecting everything that's gone on at the weekend. Kind of like Egg Chasers Rugby podcast in a way. <laughs> It does a little bit, doesn't it? A little bit. That's all right. There's space, space for all of us. Exactly. Uh, and Hugo Monnier said that Australia's was one of the, and his, he said, and I quote, one of the most selfish tactical game plans that I've seen. It was headless rugby. I was watching and thinking, what are you doing? He didn't pull his punches on Michael Checker. He, he laid Australia being poor at Checker's feet, saying that he completely ripped up the, the book of what Australia had done before, selfishly, is what he said. But uh, what does he mean by that, by, by what they've done before? I mean, I don't really get that. I mean, what, historically, is it as, as Australian teams, what Michael Checker's done before? What well, I think he would, before? I mean, what does that mean? Well, so, so it worked, but my point is it worked for five, for five ten minutes, but, but I think Hugo's point was that Australia were, were picked in a kid, we're attacking from everywhere and just going wide early, yeah. And and that actually a, a good team like England just destroyed them because they tried that. So I actually I wouldn't put the blame certainly not solely on Checker's feet, um, because I actually think Australia in that first half when they were in the game they played more how they would want to play. So they weren't trying to run everything yeah. from everywhere in that first half. But what what happened and where they found themselves was. They had the vast majority of territory, vast majority of possession, and kept on getting these opportunities and kept on getting thwarted by England. And actually, the, the, the and they kept on turning down points. Well, this is that was the big change. Yeah. So the big change happened around 50, 55 minutes. They had two kickable penalties. Yeah. They were only at that stage 10 points down. I know. And they turned down I, both those kickable penalties. And that was wild it. wild distance. But I, I can't see that being a coach's decision from the sideline. That is a captain's decision on the field. Yeah. And it was only after that that they started trying to run things from their 22. Have I, have I told you the story that Tom Wood told me on Rugby Dungeon? I think I listened to that Rugby Dungeon, but... So he, Remind me. So I asked him the question, who who makes the decisions to kick? Is it the captain or is it the coaches? He goes, well, sometimes it's the captain, sometimes it's coaches. It depends, but I've been... And now, you'd have to re-listen to it. Again, paraphrasing, but something like, I've been on the field and the captain said one thing and then before you know it, there's a buggy the running tea. on, like 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 with a tee. So, oh, guess I'm, guess I'm kicking then. Because yeah. as soon as the tee comes on, you've got to kick it. Yeah. Mm. So you know, you'd thought Jacker would have some say in it, but, but if you wanted that, it, you could just send the tea on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That this is the opposite scenario and, and, to that and, you one. Know, and the thing about Jacker is he can certainly throw things. You know, it's <laughs> it's not beyond his capability. <laughs> just a stack of kicking teas <laughs> by his side. <laughs> you, fin- you, you idiots! <laughs> yeah, so that I don't. I think it's harsh on it's harsh on Checker to suggest that from the off, because I think against most other defenses. That tactic would have worked. Yeah. It, it, it took a remarkable defensive effort from England repeatedly yeah. to keep Australia out. I mean, yeah. there are ways you can map out a way, can't you? That England don't win this, or at least it's more competitive. The second Johnny May try was just one of those things. Like, it wasn't really a skill error. It was. Well, it was a skill error. It wasn't yeah. really that much pressure. You'd no, expect a professional wasn't. rugby player to pull that off. Before you know it, which John, one was the second one? Was that was that the slave kick through? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a 
Um, I mean, Pocock, that was a brilliant bit of skill, it, anyway. Pocock, that's it was, right. It was a Pocock carries after like, second phase. So it's yeah. not, they're not stretched. No. They're not out on their feet. Second phase, a basic mistake that is turned by a, a brilliant bit of skill and um, opportunism by Slade to take the ball, make the 30, 40 yards, realise he's not got the gas, but he knows a man who, who can. There's the, nothing, I love, nothing I love more than the immediate explosion of emotion from Johnny May once he scored. <laughs> cool, when, when they show that in slow motion, it's he's such, amazing. Mm. He's such a one-trick pony, but his trick is so good. Oh, it, so it is an amazing trick. His, his attacking trick, I actually think, like his defence... Yeah, he's it, come he's on a lot. He, yeah, he really can. His aerial now, skills now, now as well. He, I, I would say now he is consistently world-class. Yeah. As before, when you first said it, he consistently was not world-class. He, he was consistently inconsistent. Yes. When that was... He was semi-consistent world-class. Yes. Uh, yeah, he was He was good. I'd tell you what, the other, the other wing was interesting. It looked to me as if Corabetti and Anthony Watson just frightened the life out of each other. Yeah. Like, they weren't sure which one was better. They were kind of a bit tentative. Both... Uh, when Anthony Watson had the ball in hand, Corabetti looked like, you know, it, it, like, like, like he saw a ghost. Like, he's just absolutely terrified. But likewise, when Corabetti had the ball, God. Anthony Watson was in no better state whatsoever. Good, good luck stopping Corabetti when yeah. he's got yeah. the ball. Although, I was just, you were just thinking about Johnny May. One thing I've not seen Johnny May do for a long time... Scrummage. Is, is, the, <laughs> that, <laughs> is like the 50-metre sideways yes. carry. But Corabetti was doing that all day. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I think... I think Genuinely, I think that's something that Eddie and Wise Mantle have um, trained out of Johnny Mate for the better. <laughs> do, yeah. do you know what gets me about Anthony Watson just on the wingers, right? There seems to be so much more to come from him, and it never, ever comes. It's, he has had, in this World Cup, very limited opportunities. But now, what I mean, like, he gets the ball, and he does lots of little steps. You think, just run. His just footwork. run. Oh, his footwork. Some of his footwork was Some immense. of his footwork was amazing, but to where? I mean, I want him to use his footwork precisely open up a little hole and go and if there's no hole and you're not like to open one up just go well so, think think about where Australia had joy at no point was an England winger at fault or do anything wrong oh no one, they, one, they were both very good I just want yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I just want more and that's that, yeah. that's actually what I think when you actually look at the, the breaches were through the centre and sometimes it was daily not quite being in the right position yeah Korob, um, Karevi had his way basically at will throughout, throughout midfield Karevi was very good. But, but when he was track, do you notice how slow he was trying to chase Johnny May? I mean, well, not that Johnny he, May's a slow man. He he caught, or would have caught, Slade, and then had to move on across to but, Johnny yeah. May. You know how rapid Daly is? Corabetti yeah. oh, just left him. Yeah, and, oh, and, yeah, he did, and twice, because of, of the disallowed try. Uh, which, thank God Ben Skeen did, didn't get to allow that try. Well that that's the one that's the one loser out of this whole game. Ben Skeen didn't get nearly as much time on screen yeah, as he wanted. Poor Ben Skeen. Which, which and was I, good I, from Gars. Which was Gars. good from Gars. Oh, that was awesome. That was my favourite thing of the whole yeah. match. Yeah. yeah. No obvious um, forward pass. Ben, it's an obvious forward pass. Yeah. <laughs> he stood a yard in front of him. <laughs> the ball travels ben, forward. It's not about you. Ben, it's not about you. <laughs> so, there was that but um but also I partly put that down to the fact that you talk about World Rugby's law changes, they wanted to change behaviour. England have been the most disciplined side when it comes to tackling. Mm. They have. That you can the see height. their tackle height. They're yeah. really, they have really adapted. It is. They have to. I, I know no, I know, but a lot of countries haven't no. yeah, to, yeah. to this extent. And I'm I, saying England have taken it on board more than any other. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And it, <clears throat> it's a good example to show it is a coachable skill. 
Courtney Laws is six foot seven and a phenomenally powerful man. He's tackling as he, but he's always, always hit ha- the the elbow tackle. Someone very, as he very always coolly has. called it. Called it. So yeah, he's always been quite low. But what, he, one, he, yeah. He, yeah. he has, he, he has. has always. But it, it is, it's more of a coachable skill than some people occasionally suggest it is. One thing we've seen a lot of as well is, as a consequence, and it might almost be something that gets coached is if you coach at the height of, like aim for elbows or arms mm. where the ball is there's, there's been a lot of tackles this World Cup Spill it. dislodged with a shoulder onto the ball yes but, uh, and part of that is have you the been conditions the, the humidity yes. as well have you ever been coached to do that target the ball with your head no, not with my head yeah. um, I have I, I remember <laughs> you've been coached yeah, to target aim, the ball aim with at your the head. ball with your head yeah basically so the ball's there and, you know, depending <laughs> on what side it is I, I was like this is, this is ludicrous I remember being a kid and getting so I was playing a bit of rugby league and getting taught for the twos up tackles in rugby league to stop the offload. So you one, uh, one yeah. low, goes one high, low, and as soon as so the first man goes, I got low, taught that in union. The, yeah. yeah, like going because in rugby league they do this. Let's practice this. Yeah, uh, one man goal. The first man go low, but if if the first man doesn't bring the man to deck immediately, the second man has got to go there's high a, and wrap up to stop the. There's offload. another cool drill which is very similar to that, which is you play in touch. Except for when you make the touch, two guys have to come in and lift the guy who you touch. Does that make sense? So they can't, you can't carry on playing until you've lifted the guy up. What as a like a line out lifter? No, no, no you just, just run into him. The, so pick uh, him off the ground. Like, hooks and handles. Me and you tackle him, touch, but then we've got to go and we've got to lift him off the ground. Uh, okay. l- l- little rugby league thing. Mm. It's quite a good little game that. Yeah. Um, so I put this w- this win down to four coaches. I'm going to say Eddie Jones first and foremost. It doesn't sound like I'm knocking at Eddie Jones, but there's three other coaches that yeah, I you've still got to tell us why it's bad news for England that they're in a World Cup semi-final. Oh, well, and, I, and I by it, hammering I Australia. I think it might be bad news yeah. for England, the well, semi-final. But yes, agreed. Uh, go on, so, I, I think the first coach we've got to thank is Rob Baxter, because Rob Baxter has poisoned the well, well and truly, for every other rugby team on earth by extra chiefs not taking points. Uh, and I this, thought you were going to say... Um, because so many players now have abandoned all hair on the side of their head. Yes, well, that well, yeah. we well, started at Exeter, and it most certainly did. So that sort of infected um, yeah. captains up and down the land, and we'll talk more about not taking your kicks later, which uh, is really quite a sore point. Um, but yeah, if Australia had taken their kicks, much 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 better. Second of all, is going to be um, uh, Hansen. Because he came up with this ridiculous notion that everyone needs a Milner Scudder. By the way, who's his Milner Scudder, th- Scudder this year? It's uh, the bridge. The, the bridge. Maybe. The bridge, bridge is similar. And Severis. There was a, a number six who um, had like two caps who got called up and then also got dropped because he got injured for the entire tournament. I can't remember his name for the life of me. but Yeah, him. him. Um, well, the answer is they don't really have one in the mould of Milner Scudder last time round, but everyone's probably a good shout. Everyone's desperate for him, which is why they played Jordan Jordan Patea, who did one thing maybe, and then the last one, of course, is Warren Gatland. You need to thank him because one of England's best players. I thought he had a remarkable game. Was Kyle Sinclair? I thought Kyle Sinclair was on top of the top of that scrimmage pretty much all game. And the only time he gave away a penalty was when the Australians had to really cheat and deceive, and, and then deceive the ref. So you, men- you mentioned this deceit, deceiving the ref on WhatsApp. So this yeah. was the scrum where Australia got a penalty towards is it, is the end the w- of the first half. Is this the one where he was shouted over to Roman yeah. on the sideline? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shouted, so, Roman, yeah. Roman. So he, know, he knows what's going on. And the referee is on the, is, is on the other side. 
and you see the Australian prop seal. The seal he he yeah. is so overmatched that he's either hinging his hips or at one point, you know, you see his band go high and then you can see it squeeze in and in turning in and that's when they gave the penalty against Sinclair. The reason he did that, he's so desperate because Sinclair is so so much stronger. And after that, Sinclair just had his just had his way. And the way I describe it is, if you're an American football team and you score a touchdown because you're using a trick play, the other coach will think, "Well, you've got nothing left. That's why you've got to use your trick plays." And that's where that, that that's where Sear was. He was absolutely screwed. Well, yeah, it's interesting though because at that point when that was happening, I was thinking, "Oh God." Oh no, he's about to lose his head. Yeah, well, and I think I, I, and they're tapping all the head the as well. Aren't they? And what really pleased me because yeah. you could see when they did the slow motion of him shouting "Roman," you could see Marrow had already grabbed him and was push pulling him back. Exactly, alarms going everywhere. And I was thinking, oh god! But that's what I found really interesting. The 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 leaders in that England team managed him brilliantly. I saw Farrell do it a couple of times. I saw um, I, I saw various people like taking care of Sinclair. But what was great was. The second half response. He actually he's, he's shown he's shown that he's people. he's shown that he is a couple of years on from. Well, he would have completely so, lost it a year ago. So why is Warren Gatland to thank for this? Lions. Well, Warren Gatland has got an amazing talent of looking at players and thinking you are an international grade player, even though we we don't know it as you know the general public. Wainwright would be a great one. Um, Thomas Francis, bloody hell, he's he's just gone and won. Watkin as well. Yeah, Watkin, he's gone and won a World Cup quarterfinal with Jake Ball at, Ball at lock. And I actually think that the Kyle Sinclair we saw today, a lot of what he has, um, in a lot of ways that he's improved, has come from the confidence of getting picked by the Lions and being you know, a, a t- starting test lion. Because once you've got that reputation behind you, you just grow and grow and grow. And that's where Sinclair is. Sinclair is probably one of England's best players now. He, he was certainly one of the best players on the park. He was. Yeah. But I do, lo- I do love it that like you've, you're almost... <laughs> Eddie Jones needs to thank Warren. Yeah, and, and no, Steve, Sinclair and needs Steve to thank Hansen. Warren. Sinclair needs because because you know, <coughs> I mean, games, you know, uh, tours like the Lions tours. I, th- I think it's important to point out the fact that a lot of journalists, a lot of fans, um, a, a lot of pundits, a lot of podcasters like us, um, even people who were very positive about England. Were very had had issues with Eddie Jones and and the way that he was managing this England team when you look back a year, with justification as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to to note that by whatever means he has actually arrived as a World Cup semi at a World Cup. Well, no, he's, but it's not just that he's got to a semi final. That was the best England performance in. Well, best, what? It's, it's, it's the best couple of years? performance at a World Cup since 2003. Yes. The oh, best, the best single that, performance. Exactly. It's very tricky, isn't it? Because if you criticise him, it looks like you've just been a bit of an idiot. Well, no, because um, he was criticised with justification yeah, a year, yeah, a year ago. Yeah. So, I mean, I would be t- I'm going to give him the benefit of that and just go with you guys and say it is the best performance and just leave it, leave it there. But if you wanted to, you could argue... Like I'm about to actually. This, um, <laughs> I thought you were going to leave it there. Yeah, yeah. This this might not this <laughs> might not be a great Australia team. Yeah, um, it it's, might it's not Austra- be. It's an Australia team that beat the All Blacks. Uh, so, Australia, team, it's Australia team that beat the All Blacks that pushed Wales really hard. Yeah, but like Wales's record against Australia is nothing to shout about. Two and zero in the last two games. Yeah, but in the World Cups, not so much. Yeah, um, yeah, two and zero. Just look at the the historic yeah. rivalry. <laughs> Their last know. thirteen games. Yeah. But you know, I, I think at this point, just base it, it's probably just good practice to say England were very, very good. Just, just yeah. on the coaches, yeah. Just to add, I know you you did kind of briefly say well done to Eddie Jones in your four coaches, um, John Mitchell and Scott Wisemantle. So England's both their attack 
because they had so few opportunities and they were so clinical when they got those opportunities. That's credit to Wisemantle and the defence, John Mitchell. The defence worked tirelessly and yeah. superbly throughout yeah. virtually the whole game. They were only breached a handful of times, and even when they were, their scramble was superb. So th- those two coaches. There's do been need no. Uh, yeah. What I, mean, I will. Oh, maybe, sorry, John, maybe, maybe John Mitchell is worth sacking all um, all of those community, community coaches for. I mean, <laughs> only time will tell. What <laughs> What is noticeable about this World Cup? There hasn't been any stories of any. Uh, whether it's behaviour, whether it's un- dissatisfaction, when you see the players chatting, they seem relaxed, they seem happy, they're in, they, they sat. Everything you hear is positive. And Eddie Jones, when he said they had that week off because the France game was cancelled, he went, "Oh, we're going we're to have a couple of couple of days of downtime, then we'll get really stuck into Did it." Did they have a couple of days of downtime though? I, I, I believe so. I think. I, I, I point is, I think a lot of the work has been done. Yeah, the real hard work, and and actually, <clears throat> I think I also think the Japan factor has been huge with Eddie. He's um, his local knowledge has been massive. Yeah, a friend, a friend of the show, Nick Heath. We we, we bumped into him in a airport in where where was it? Uh, Fukuoka. Yeah, and he says something really interesting, uh, and I think there's probably something in this because he's got a little bit more insight uh, certainly than I have, which is if you're on the inside of that Eddie bubble, it's really cool. You know, you, you're starting to feel pretty bulletproof now because you've been through four years of hell. If you're on the outside of it, it's still hell, and it still feels like it's a nasty place to be. But um, would he have wanted you to have said that? No, I think that's fine. Yeah. I think that's fine. I mean, I think that's you know that, that, yeah, yeah, that's no, a really good observation. Yeah, um, and you can see that with the people that come in, uh, uh, co- uh, come in and out. So um, yeah, I, I have a feeling that the players that are in there are pretty much having a good time now. Coffee with the boys as well. Coffee with the boys. It was a very relaxed post-match press conference. It was in. I, yeah, I, did, I, I loved his response that. to being asked about all oh, you. Surely you feel vindicated for dropping George Ford. <laughs> his response was brilliant. I didn't drop him. I didn't drop him. Uh, I just changed his role. He, play, he, he had a very important role to play. He just we just played the role in a slightly different way. And maybe you need to catch up. From uh, the fact rugby's moved on in the last 30 years. It's I a 23-man game now. It's a 23-man game I now. I really wish players un- understood that more. I really do. Because the bench is so important. I and the players roles, understand it. it. No, they don't. No, they do not. Believe you me. Like If you get dropped from a starting 15 for whatever reason, and I know this because I was talking to a player only this weekend, um, and if, you don't, if you're not in that starting 15, it is still a dick. There is still a lot of pride in being a starter over a bench player, regardless of how much you massage, massage their egos, which is a shame because I think bench players are so important now. Bench players are really important. Yeah. And we, we'll come on to the South Africa game, but the fact that they could take, bring on it, a whole new world-class tight five Amazing, in a it? tight game, it, it shows the importance of, yeah. of the... I, I, I actually hate the word game changers because I think that's that's almost patronising. But I I totally agree with Eddie's point, which is it is a twenty three man game. Yeah, it's like if he moved Farrell from ten to twelve, he's not dropped Farrell. He's literally just changed his role. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the talk in the build up to the England Australia game was that is it a bit of a risk of Eddie to just change what has been working and go back with some with some combinations that might be undercooked given injuries and stuff. But now, when you look ahead, going into New Zealand, it feels great knowing there are two different ways to play that have been tested at this World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm still... I'm still not confident about the New Zealand game. Nope. But I, I'm 
I am very happy with, with the way things yeah, have worked the, out. The biggest difference for me, for England, from their other impressive performances, and I include Scotland in this, okay? So when they battered Scotland for the first half... For the first half, yeah. That was impressive. Let, let's forget the second half. That was impressive. When they beat up the All Blacks, that was impressive. When they beat up Ireland, and well, they actually won that game, so that is just, Im- mm. j- just impressive. With when the they downside. twice beat up Ireland. Yeah. Six Nations and uh, so, warm-up. W- I love all that bit. The big difference for me was how good they were at closing it off. I thought they're closing. Uh, like, when yeah. Australia don't want to kick points, uh, Owen Farrell's like, yeah, points, yeah, points, go again, go again. Ford comes on, start, starts, uh, starts kicking to the corners. And I thought that was that was probably the most impressive part. And, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I actually totally agree with yeah. that, that. I thought they were sensational in that game. And George Ford in that role, of, you mentioned it there, kicking corners and just the... The calmness and the control. Mm. We'll we will make Australia play from their own twenty-two. Yeah. And when that happens, Kirtley Beadle throws the intercept pass for Watson. The two different textures I love exactly as you say the calmness and composure, and you can put Owen Farrell in that bracket as well. He seemed very very calm, for him, for which him. is great. So you've got <laughs> you've got that calmness and composure in key positions, and then you have ferocity. Those kamikaze kids. Oh, oh my goodness I me! Just, I so, want to say this. Michael so. Hooper was immense, and he was outplayed by both of England's kamikaze I kids. I think I might have mentioned this on the last podcast. I, I, I did. Uh, I think I might have said. Uh, I think they've got a substantial advantage. No, no, you didn't. No, no, and no one disagreed with that. Yeah. You said they are. Wo- they are world class. No, no. I said, um, I, said, I said they've got an advantage yeah, you, over their peers. Yeah. Oh. And so, I, my point to that was, and, and, and I said yes, right now on form the history but, and all the rest of it and I said I said this is the stage when reputations are made yes you and, when you, and after which you can say make statements like and, that and with certainty the last part of this jigsaw which you're not going to mention but I'm going to mention it now is there's not just two of them there's two of them plus there's one in sale which looks very like one of them but there's a fourth guy who has just come back from fitness and <laughs> yeah. my word Jack Willis if they can get Jack Willis Jack in the mix Willis. but then uh, like the, sevens are Sevens are to England what second rows are to South Africa. Like yeah. they, they just grow on trees. But look at the the two in the squad who weren't started. So Ludlam came on and was brilliant and everywhere. And Wilson, who has not done very much in this World Cup because he's hardly been given a chance. When he has played, the forty minutes he put in against USA, he was absolutely everywhere. He's king of the north. <laughs> you know, that, that's why he's royalty. They have some serious serious options there. Yeah, it's uh, it's mm. it's exciting if you're a fan of back rows who play for England. So, back rows is an interesting one. So there was a, I think it was a Russ Petty tweet today, referencing an Eddie Jones interview from earlier this year, where he said, "When you play New Zealand, you've got to have a um, line out specialty jumping back row." Yeah, I can see that. Now, does he then? change things up and put Marrow into the back row to which is what he was or the the that's the what I would infer from his comment at that time or does he stick with what he's got which is three non-specialty jumpers so yeah so you look at Sam Underhill I mean I'm sure he can be lifted I'm sure he, 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 he can, can definitely do lifting the, he, he, can, he can do both but is Curry's he, taken a fair few lineouts this world yeah, Cup. he has I both Curry's is fine the front Billy, Billy's certainly not. I mean, Billy can jump, and those boys are strong enough to lift him. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something on Billy just briefly. So we're talking about the England back row. Anyone a little bit concerned about his 
form, how fit, yes. how fit and firing he is. Uh, yes and no. So yes, because England used to be utterly, do- utterly reliant on him. Yeah. No, because that's a fair point. They yeah. seem to be. That's a really fair that's, point. That's where I am as well. And I think there were games I remember going back at um, a few years now, but I would look down the the meters made from the England pack, and Billy would be on fifty meters. And the whole of the rest of the pack would be on less than 10. Yeah. The whole of the rest of the pack, including subs, would be on about 15 metres. And you're like, no, that is not... There is You cannot operate like that. Now, Billy is not making anywhere near the metres, but the pack as a whole is performing yes, so are. much better. And, and like Mario. I mean, and Mario played very well. The Sinclair try was the, the, a great example. It was, it was a good line from Sinclair, but it was, it was two other great lines from two other forwards, and it was Owen Farrell. Just pick oh, in. Absolutely yeah. beautiful pass. Take it to the line, time it perfectly, pick the right option. Yeah. Now, I will, I will say this uh, uh, about England. They're, they're bloody annoying. Like every time they win like a scrum penalty, they oh, like Mar- Mar- Marrow's oh, trademark Mar- clap, and, and he started doing yeah. marching off from whatever rook <laughs> mall scrum. He just marched off with one hand in the air, celebrating. It's so annoying. I mean, it's not annoying if you're an England fan or if you're. It's brilliant if you're but, an England fan. You know, I, well, everyone hates us anyway. Yeah. The All Blacks will be watching that. Go right. That's 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 stopping today. That's over. Um, best players. We've mentioned a few, but... Curry. Tom Curry, I thought, was unreal. I, I, you've got to understand, right? Unreal. When, when he'd been brought up in such a professional surrounding and had such <laughs> intensely good coaching up until this point, you're going to be a good player. Ask Mark Wilson. <laughs> I, I thought Curry did win Man of the Match, hilariously, as your 17,000 retweets or 17,000 retweets? Well, it's something, it's some something ridiculous like number. 17,000 likes. Why can't I get 17,000 retweets? <laughs> All I did was post a video that one of our mates put on our WhatsApp group. Oh, is that what you did? Great... Yeah, and it, they got in the sun and everything today. God damn it, Tim Pocker. <laughs> it's a great little, he puts his hand out to shake the hand of It's the... a bottle of wine, is it, they get as the man of the match, play, player of Probably. the match. It looked like what a was, bottle of wine. What was it? When you first started doing the interviews on BT Sport and you uncovered, like, uh, like, like Merle, oh. Merle or Cronkite, um, the stuff that they spray around at the Man of the Match for... Yeah, so, so, so it's now a medal, but it used to be a bottle of champagne. Was it champagne though? Yeah, it, well, no, it was. It was like uh, pomade or something <laughs> like something like that. It El, wasn't a. Particular, it wasn't a, wasn't a particularly nice vintage. When you take the the as it was a Viva wrap off, it was a yeah, sort of was very yellow. mediocre, very mediocre bottle of prosecco or something. Oh, lovely, lovely. What are you looking at, Phil? I'm just trying to figure out what he's being handed with. It looks like a handed. bottle of wine to me. It's a similar shape. I think it's actually just a little trophy thing, oh, Mastercard. Like I think it's like a. It looks. It's the sh- same shape, but not size, roughly, as the shard in London, uh, only with a pinkish, purpley hue. tinge to it. A hue. Yeah, hue. Mm. Yes. Yeah, but Tom Curry with it holding his hand out to shake her hand, yeah. and obviously. <laughs> and he has like. That's not part of the Japanese custom. Just. I, it's I, hilarious. I can't remember if it is or not. I can't remember, no, I can't remember anything from Japan. Handshaking is not a thing. Right, enough enough time in England. We can come back to the semi-finals in a bit. Second semi-final, uh, second quarter final uh, was New Zealand, New Zealand Ireland, Ireland right. and yeah, Ireland. Allow me, Ireland. What a farce! What an absolute bunch of jokers to go from the number one team in the world to. 
this absolute shower is it's not acceptable it's not acceptable in any way and the one thing which made me really really sad about this was watching Rory Best walk off he he deserved far better than what his team teammates gave, gave him i think it, i think that performance was shameful and that's not to say the All Blacks weren't amazing they were but it's your job as professional rugby players to stop that happening the other person who needs to really carry the can on this is Joe is Joe Joe Schmidt he had the formula um, they were playing well. He opened it up, and he, basically, he lost his bottle. He lost. Uh, he had a bad Six Nations. He narrowed. Uh, he, he narrowed his team. He narrowed his style of play, and they got a hiding. And they deserved everything that they get because you can't go into an international rugby game, play like that, and expect to win anything. There's something slightly bigger picture, though. I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you in in terms of the sentiment of what you're saying, but there's a bigger picture here, which is that a lot of those big players that were so crucial when when they did beat New Zealand those two times. And I don't necessarily put this down to Joe Schmidt, but it, 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 for some reason, and there will be a reason, a lot of them haven't played well for a long time. Yeah. And there, there were green shoots, excuse the pun, there were some green shoots coming through during this World Cup when you thought, oh, Ty Furlong, he's playing a bit more like like he was when he was, when was, was atomising New Zealanders. And jo- Johnny Sexton looked a little bit more like himself. Conor Murray looked a bit more like himself. But none of them, and so many of their big players, haven't been playing one, well for a long time. Genuinely, one player played well in the first half, and that was Peter O'Mahony. I just felt sorry for him because he was putting in one hell of a shift. Everything Good Island did came through Peter, Peter O'Mahony. Uh, all the line-out wins came from came from him he made a few steals you can see him toiling and you can see all of his mates just looking sorry for themselves he's formerly world-class players uh, the, the one which really got me and it's these these little small details which must make you just so angry as a fellow player um Ireland won a scrum free kick now when you win a scrum free kick Usually, the scrum half picks up the ball and throws it to the eight because the eight might just want to go quick Tap and you and want go. your carrier. CJ Stander stands up, turns his back, and walks away. It's like you've got to be, you know, you've got to look enthusiastic. At least pretend that you want to be there. <clears throat> and it was just, it was from the start to finish, it was awful. So I'll mention two other kind of big failures. And one, I thought Peter Romani had a good game, but I think it was late on in the first half. Ireland get a penalty kick for the corner. Yep. Oh, is this the penalty he gives away? Uh, and yeah, oh, bad. Call, I, I Ireland have got a penalty because of uh, was it a high tackle? Yeah, and then um, I can't remember who's lying on the floor. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Someone's lying on the floor, but they're not affecting the ball actually. And Omani just flops just on them yeah. with his shoulder. I, I, and I can just, see why he, it was he gives given. away. So it's, it's two penalties: There's a penalty against New Zealand, and then a penalty against mm. Ireland for it, what is. It's it's a brain dead move by Omani that because yeah. it's so unnecessary to not attempt to bind and just flop on. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, he, I mean, you can look at the other the other way, can't you? Which is they're the joint most successful Irish team ever to enter a World Cup. Um, <laughs> but it's still it's still not good enough, and, and that was a bad call. The, the, yeah, that was that was brain dead. The other one that summed up. Ireland's performance in that first half, the first half that finished 22 nil to, to the All Blacks. I mean, by that point, it was over. But another um, penalty that Ireland won on about the halfway line, um, Sexton goes for real distance and yeah. he would have hit, the, would have had a line out on the five metre line, but it's not quite far enough. So Moonga, an incredible bit of skill. His oh feet yeah! Just inside, jumps out and taps it back. That wasn't. And bad New at Zealand all. can then play out, and that was the difference between had he taken 
even five yards or ten yards off that kick and not gone for the absolute limit of his range and have got an attacking line out deep it still deep in New mm. Zealand's 22. It's only with hindsight you can look back and think when, when we looked at the first game against uh, against Scotland we thought oh it's the old Ireland but Scotland were poor. Yes and, that, and that is a real conclusion yes. that has come out um, of, of this. I'm tournament. trying to find any sort of positive because it must be incredibly disappointing and, and I'm sure most Ireland fans were thinking pre-World Cup well, we're getting to the quarterfinals and then probably going out anyway. It was the manner of the defeat, I agree, that was yeah. so oh. poor. But if, if if you can pull out any potential silver lining from that, is it that getting hammered like that gives Andy Farrell a bit of an easier time to, if he needs to, just, just try something a bit new? Do what, do what Stuart Lancaster did a little bit and just I've... get in a load of youngsters. Yeah, I mean, the other, the other element of this for me is were there too many lifetime achievement awards given out to Ireland? Was there too much? Do you, what do they call it when people get? There's a business term where people get so senior that no one questions them. It's like the Peter Principle or whatever it is. Where you, no, yeah. not, oh no, that's uh, when you yeah. get promoted to yeah, a level of incompetence. Like that, yes, like, you know, people, there is a relation with that, but yeah, it's not that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like people are so senior, you, like you don't question them, and maybe. People like Sexton should have been really questioned. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians? Is it that? Yeah, Too many cooks spoiling the broth? Yeah, something <laughs> yeah. like that. The, um, store that, the straw that stirs the drink. Uh, something, something. I mean, something. Just, if you add all of those cliches into one, you'll yeah, get to we'll where get, I am. We'll get. Um, and I think, like, as soon as you had Corby on the field, things started to sharpen up a bit. And maybe they shouldn't have interested Johnny with... Or, or maybe there should have been a bit, little bit more of a critical thought about selection and maybe these guys have trained so well I mean Gatland got rid of was due to get rid of Dan Bigger which to me is like heresy I mean I can't think of anything more stupid but there again that's why he's the best coach on the planet probably or up there with them it's because he knows when to turn over the team and this Ireland team like a year ago like Alex Ferguson yeah maybe they, they should have t- I mean and also who is the next next guy up and that's the other thing they've got. I mean Corbury basically through sheer talent is the next guy up so he's almost forced his way. What about the next guy after Murray? Who is that guy? Because once Murray goes, I don't know what yeah, because M- Jameson gets some park. He's almost yeah, he's almost qualified on residency grounds. They'll have him in. Him and James Lowe get him straight in. Isaac Boss. <laughs> I mean, who, who's yeah. next? But uh, we talked enough about Ireland. But but we should mention that was the most complete performance I've seen since the last World Cup from any international rugby team. Yeah, and I think it's I, almost. I would definitely echo that and the last World Cup wasn't that good so it might even be at a World Cup it might be the best performance since two World Cups ago of any team I I mean and even two World Cups ago New Zealand almost lost it to a very poor France team I I always feel it was held up by Dusatois and Aronordiki and Camembert and delicious red wine Mm. I almost feel dirty for spending so much time uh, talking about this match reviewing this match and talking about the men in green because they don't deserve it um, that all, yeah, I'm with you. That all black performance was, it, it was spectacular, and the reason it was spectacular was not because they came with some, you know, never before seen game plan. It's because everything they did was so simple yet so good. There was nothing special about it whatsoever, which makes it very, very special. Yeah, and to do it in what we've we have seen are very difficult conditions in Japan, and to execute the game plan so effectively and execute the balance you mentioned before about the crossfield kicks but their strike moves through the centers their wide strike moves to bring in 
Reese and, and Bowden Barrett and Bridge. And their tight five play, their forward play was just superb. All, well, all round. I've got a question for you, particularly about the backs. In fact, yeah, go with the whole team. I would say outside of Bowden Barrett, there is not a there is not an all time great all black in there. Oh, Kieran Reed. Kieran Reed. Ryan Crofty's on the bench. Uh, I'll just point that out. Uh, <laughs> he didn't make the bench. Oh, no, he didn't he's, even make the he's bench. Not the, he's not in the 23. What? Ryan yeah, Crotty, Sonny Bill. Not in the 23. Sonny yeah. Bill on the bench with the uh, no, and This isn't a knock on the team. In fact, if anything, it's a compliment but, to the team, which I, is I, the individuals are not the world-beating individuals that they used to have. Uh, so, I mean, they're so very, would, very good. I would say the second row, Reed, the second rows, Bowden Barrett and Aaron Smith, probably. Yeah, okay. I, 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 Two well, I'd look at it another way. There are guys. Not, n- there are guys not in their twenty-three that would start for every other team yeah. I, in I the World think, Cup. I think yeah. this is such. Rico Yuani. Yeah, Rico Yuani. Yeah. Julian Savay is not there. You know, not even close to being. Yeah, there. I mean, there, there's not like a guy, a, a, an era-defining guy like a Nonu or an Umar Carter. A Carter. I mean, these guys are. They're not the absolute best of the best All, um, all Blacks, but in a way, it makes the team even better. Because they play so well, uh, uh, so so well together. Yes, but they do have guys that have won two World Cups in their side. Yes, which is what we're only looking at: Dan Carter and Richie McCaw and these other guys. Richie McCaw is another one. I here. mean, obviously they're, they're you know legends, but we're only looking at those in hindsight. But Bowden Barrett's got a World Cup under his belt. Ben Smith's got two under his belt. Ryan Crotty's got a World no, Cup ben, under his belt. Ben Smith just one. Just one. Oh, okay. There's three in the squad. And, and Sonny Bill. Smith even Sonny, Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill. Dane Coles? No, no, no. No, what am I no. talking about? Uh, Sonny Bill, uh, Whitelock. Yeah. And Easy Aaron one. Smith. Nope. No. Surveyor? Nope. Surveyor Jr. is not. Crotty. No. No. Not Crotty. Not no. Crotty. Come on, the easiest one. Oh, Kieran Reid. Kieran Reid. Of course. So they've oh, got. Yeah. yeah, he needs There's a bench. He was amazing. He was amazing. Yeah. And he wasn't even playing his normal game. It wasn't right. the Kieran Reid you remember from five years ago. This was like. Uh, this is a, a Kieran Reid who was a, now. Rather than a ball player, a destroyer of worlds. Uh, what he yeah. did in defence was outstanding. Like Kieran Reid, because I've I he, have he played thought... like Jero- he played like Jerome Kano. Yeah, yes, he did. Because <laughs> what I I have thought, I love I love Kieran Reid, but I thought he was falling off a little bit. Yeah. A- anyone, I, I th- I'm sure if you just type in at Rugby Podcast. Kieran Reed, JB, oh, you'll find the picture the, the of hover the hand. hover hand. <laughs> when JB, to touch him. JB had a picture of Kieran Reed in no, Chicago. As soon as, as, soon as I touched, touched his shoulder, he spun around and embraced me like a brother. Yeah, but, but, but sadly, we Phil, didn't was, taking, Phil, Phil was taking oh. the picture. JB was JB was stood <laughs> on, he, on tiptoes to try and be as tall no, as Kieran. Reed. He asked me for the picture. That's the weird <laughs> And then put his hand around Kieran Reed, but didn't want to touch him, so it was hovering <laughs> so close to his shoulder. Kieran Reed, I have thought maybe he's not absolutely at his best he he isn't doing what he used to do running the outside line in the 13 channel but he was so so good his carrying in the tight was superb his offloading in the game and off the deck and his defense was oh, just it was sensational immense. it was immense he was so so good i can't wait to talk about the matchup between the two sides but let's move on to quarterfinal number three and just just very, oh yeah yeah very quickly because I think it is. It was a question you asked before. I think Jay about where do Ireland go from here, and there there are a handful of green shoots. Uh, again, pardon the pun. Um, I thought Joey Carberry was very good when he came off. Lama um, as well looked very good. 
And it's it's those kind of boys that you want yeah. to be bringing in and, and building the it's team round. So they they have some options. And someone like Dan Levy, who's was was missed for this, is a young man. Do you know who they huge they opportunity desperately needed? And it wouldn't be the right person to pick because you know for the exact reasons that we just spoke about. You know, you need to freshen up your team. But the person they would love to have bought on the uh, bought off the bench would be someone like Sean O'Brien. Someone who can get over the gain line, someone who can make and it. And big hits yeah. and massive work rate. That's, yeah, I would. They really missed a high quality back row. Yeah. But you know, the, the thing about coaching, uh, particularly at international level, is I think a lot of people have the technical ability to do it. I think most club co- club coaches have the ability to implement a line out or a strike move. They all know it. The real talent comes knowing how to freshen up your team, knowing when, if, like, like Gatlin dropping his what you'd assume were his first two props. Mm. Um, and I, that's where I think Schmidt has really let himself down, uh, on top of all the all the tactical stuff as well. Next one. Right, yeah, and this was so tense. So tense. And I'm so angry about this. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. JV would rather be right than than his own team, his motherland, get through to a World Cup semi-final. I would, be, I would take being right... One hundred percent of the time, rather than being wrong and have my team go through. Well, I was wrong again. I'll say it. Really I'll say it again. Team. I was wrong in how right I was about Wales. You can go and listen to the Betfair podcast. You can listen. Please stop using that. That, that, that belongs to me. <laughs> you can you can listen to our podcast from the very start of the season. If you I... stop quoting Tim Cocker. Quoting me, I, 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 I don't know what I'll do. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. I, um, you probably got it from Adam Carolla or something. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Dave Damashak. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I called. I said Wales will go further than any other Six Nations team, and they were the they were twelve to one. Uh, no, no, fourteen or sixteen to one to win the tournament before the tournament, and here Wales are in a World Cup semi final. Against a South Africa team, they can beat. Um, well, we'll let's get on to South Africa later. Um, just on this game, uh, there is a value, isn't there, of staying in the fight, and that is exactly what Wales did. Uh, they didn't do any more. It's not <laughs> what they did; else. it's what Wales do. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Actually, think about the England game, which they won in Six Nations. That was exactly the same. They just stay in the fight, and you're like, why can't why can't we why can't we possibly kill these guys? What was the la- you, when you was just the, can't when, finish them off? Yeah, when was the last time against real top opposition? I I'm tr- I was trying to remember just a minute ago it, it, as you were speaking. I was trying to think what was the last time I saw Wales just cut someone to shreds and score bat hatfuls of tries and win by thirty points. It Not never happens. Wild. Never <sighs> happens. I'm just going to look at Wales' uh, results for the past. Uh, they even they even struggle to wins over Georgia at home and and, and and games like that. It's just what Wales do. They are hard as nails. Yeah, they are. I mean, I'm just having a look now. Uh, from what I can see, yeah, Dan Bigger did not miss a kick, which um, it just shows you how important it is. And it always feels like when you're watching uh, Wales, sorry, that one of them or all of them are constantly you know, mapping a way to win. Like, if we just get three points here, it means that we can go back up the field and then we're in, in, in with a shot. If you watch that game and you didn't see the score, and I just gave you snippets uh, here, there and everywhere, you'd say, Wales are getting battered. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't a fair fight. Was it three tries to two? Yeah, and Three. Wales could not control that breakdown at all. France no. were all over it. Uh, France were. They, you know, they France couldn't, were Wales couldn't stop the offloading game. No. They couldn't stop them. France had it. Flooding they, through. They, they had it. And now they don't. Um, yeah, France looked really, 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 really good. 
Really good. And they threw it away. Well, well done, boys. Well done. Yeah, oh, that, that's the question. Percentage-wise, how much? What was that? France losing it, and what was it? Wales winning it. Well, France get one of their kicks, just one of the three kicks which they missed. You know, it's a different story altogether. Now, maybe Wales adapt. Maybe Wales do something different to get themselves back in back in the fight. Uh, but you know, that's not the scenario that, that we have. So the missed kicks are absolutely critical. Then the red card, but I'm not even sure the red card makes a difference. It, I think it does make a difference. If, well, it came if, from the scrimmage, didn't it? The, the last try. Well, if only, yeah. So the, there's the scrimmage. Then, just before that scrimmage, um, two, three minutes before that scrimmage, France have an attacking scrum in Wales's 22, and France fail to put a number eight in their attacking scrum. What were they doing? I mean, that is that is <laughs> what the most, were they thinking? most unbelievable basic schoolboy Even if you error. put a Johnny May winger on, yeah. on the flank... flank. Yeah, what? and they had Louis Pickamole on. What were they thinking? How, how do you make that mistake? That's almost more brain dead than Vahamina elbowing it, it's Aaron Wayne right in the head. It is equally brain dead in in my mind. Or to do more those brain two dead things. than Vahamina against Wales, not knowing he was captain. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're just some. Or just trying some to throw things. a thirty-yard miss pass in the Six Nations straight, straight to George, to George North. For, just straight to George North. Yeah, I mean the the implosion of the French team. That was a true masterclass in how to. But it wasn't even an obvious implosion, you know. It was like little cuts here and there, uh, and uh, you know maybe you get away with it against England or someone like that. You don't get away with it against Wales because they just take every opportunity. But if it, if it was, I think I think you're right to point out. If it wasn't for those two scrum error mistakes mm. and not missing the three, the uh, two penalties, and one conversion that were relatively easy, certainly kickable. France win, like there, there is. Yeah, and I, I, I cannot understand that 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 scrum exactly their own scrum in Wales is twenty two. That is, I cannot understand what they were thinking and how no one in that team. And it's not like it was a team full of kids. Yeah, it's like Louis Pickamole. And well, yeah, how is he not packing down at eight in that scenario? Where would he pack down in second row? He either packed down a second row or on the flank. They, no, he, he packed down. The, he, he he packed down as one flank. They put in two flankers with Olive on on the other. Yeah. It's, it's unreal that that is yeah. the it's so stupid. So ball squirts out, they lose it. I mean, there's so many amazing things about this game. Number one, Wales have no ball carriers. I have men- I have mentioned this many many times. They have no. They have one semi good ball carrier in Ross Moriarty on the bench. Yeah, on the bench. And Ross Moriarty is a good ball. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's all right. He's all right. But you know, he'd probably be I don't know the ninth best carrier in South Africa. In the South African starting team. Well, what is he? Maybe well, if, if he if he was at Gloucester, would he be the third best ball carrier in Gloucester? Yeah, I'd say so. Behind Ackerman and Morgan. Ackerman, Morgan, and Pledry. And Pledry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. fourth best ball carrier in Gloucester. Yeah, so you know he's, his he, work rate is very. Yeah, basically, good. what I'm saying is he can carry a ball to an adequate Premiership standard, and he's the best ball carrier in Wales. Yeah. Um, so they win this game without a ball carrier, which is amazing. God knows how they without Fallot out. And is the other little asterisk there? Yeah, but true. You yeah. know, Falatel needs to play. Yeah, of yeah. yeah. So yeah. they've got like they've got the three sevens. Jake Ball played this game. Jake Ball. Uh, obviously, Alan wins an absolute hero. So you look at to the Welsh bench, and who's going to come on and win this game for you? Um, Reese Carey or Ka- <laughs> Carey? I don't know. I don't even know, know how to say his name. Carey. And yet they still somehow did it. I think Hadley Parks is hugely overrated. 
So he had a bad game. He's had a bad World Cup. He, now, yeah. He, After having a great Six Nations. Yeah. No. yeah, I called him man of the match for this because he played so badly in the last game. I said he always comes back and has a man of the match performance. But, so what he does well is he doesn't make mistakes. But what we're looking at basically is a large scaffolder type guy. <laughs> you, you love know? comparing the worst team to scaffolders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, he was, he's six, six foot two, kind of athletic, not overly. He catches the ball and doesn't really let it go, despite being absolutely battered. It's sort of like, he's just this magnet for punishment. I mean, the amount of <laughs> the, the amount of hidings that he's had against Fiji and France now, it is painful to watch him play. Because he, he looks like he's running through treacle, as you'd like to say, and then he just gets slammed by massive men. But he doesn't drop the ball. <laughs> uh, what Wales would give for a Jamie Roberts just to get over the game line? I mean, they could literally give him a call if they wanted. Yeah. He's they like a... Um, I don't know how he does he's it. He's like a professional sparring partner for boxers. That's basically. exactly what he is. Just there. He's, <laughs> he's cannon fodder. <laughs> yeah. Now, he's better... Now, now, this doesn't mean I don't like him. If anything, it makes me like him even more. I mean, he's such a brave bloke. I, you know, after... After two or three of those hits, I'm retiring. I'm not yeah. going to... But he's always dreamed of pulling on the red the, Welsh shirt. Uh, when when he was a like small the, child the growing up in what? Swansea or Cardiff, was it? Or what? <laughs> Some, What's somewhere. That? Christchurch? Oh, okay. Fine. Uh, what's happened to Jonathan Davis, by the way? Don't know. That's important, though. Yeah. Um, and we can mention he, that when he, we talk about... He was picked for the game, wasn't he? He was picked yeah. and then dropped out. Uh, yes. With, with a, with, I think it's a, something... Was it a knee injury he had? Yeah. I think it's like oh. a... Flares, that had flared up slightly so that yeah. is one to watch one good to watch and what were you mentioning on our WhatsApp group about Johnny May and his hamstring oh it's a good point so he got taken off so England finished the game with 14 men he got taken off it was then so I see nothing about yeah, this yeah and I can't believe a, any good post-match any good reporter post-match I'm sure it was said in a post-match press conference if no it, one asked it, him what, so it, was, if no one asked him they didn't so, do their job okay, so they it what? was ref- what are you supposed to ask in a post-match press conference? Does how was how Johnny? Well, one what, thing I'd say what, is, is jo- Johnny May went off injured. You know, what's the what's the prognosis? Will, yeah. will he be back? And then if if, it's, if, of, if they straight bat it, will he be back? Will he be available next week? Is yeah. there a list of good questions to ask in a post-match? Like, other prof- like because obviously I'm not a professional at this in any way, but I end up asking questions in a post-match. Are there key questions that you should always ask? No. Yeah. Open just as long as they're open-ended, so it's not. You're, you're asking an open question. Good, good. Um, then it doesn't really matter. Good. Because then if you ask an open question, it doesn't matter what the question is because you can listen and follow up on what they say so or, I... or follow up on what they don't say. Hmm. So in the in, just on the Johnny May, the only thing, the only news I've seen, and I have been actively searching for this because I'm a little bit worried about Johnny May um, for next week, um, is it was asked in the press conference about eight or ten minutes into it, and Eddie Jones did straight bat it and just said, um, I was just a niggle. We took him off as a precaution. Okay, good. That's good. that's it. Good. Hopefully how, JD is the same. How but... truthful that is from um, Eddie Jones. Hadley Parks is sure. six foot one. Six foot one, 101 kilograms. Big boy. And he's getting well, beaten off. Is he? He's a, a, 16 stone, six foot one. Yeah, like 16 stone of like functional mass is, I mean, is, 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 is a big boy. I mean, I would say Sam Burgess is a big boy. <laughs> Sam Burgess is a big boy. Oh, Jamie yeah. Roberts is a big boy. Or Owen Watkin is a big boy. How big o- is Owen Watkin? Owen Watkin's at least 6'3", I'd guess. I bet he's not now. I bet he's like 5'9", or something. <laughs> he's definitely not 5'9". 6'2", six, six and 100 kg, yeah. from from what I've got. Yes, so, same. Very, very similar size to... Uh, of like pure, 16 stone of pure functional mass is pretty hefty. Uh, maybe, maybe. Again... No Jamie Roberts. 
Uh, Telly who was outstanding uh, today. Uh, Gail Fiku. I've not seen him play so well. Uh, oh, and and, and Vakatar. Oh, Vakatar was... Uh, I think he was the best Again, one on the pitch. Yeah. Grew, grew um, up in Toulouse or Paris yeah. or whatever, dreaming <laughs> of pulling on that French jersey. Uh, Vakatar and Wainwright, for me, were the best yeah. two men on the pitch. I've told you the coffin story about, about Vakatar. The what story? The coffin story. Possibly, but refresh <laughs> yeah. my memory. You, so the really story just... about Vakatawa is, well, I'm saying nice. It wasn't nice for him at the time. Um, his mum died and he put the French jersey on her coffin and yes. brought oh, yeah. for France again. Yes, that's yeah. right. They, uh, Nick, was it Nick Mullins said that in commentary or someone said that in commentary? Um, what was I going to say? The, the person that I think of when I look at Aaron Wainwright, you know, on Twitter or whatever, or when you click on the, you know, these gifts that you can select and put on, there's, there's there's a gif of someone with blonde hair and a blonde moustache who, who who mouths what the f? No, I have people, never. I guarantee people like I guarantee there will be people people listening right now. Hopefully, you listening that will know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a there's there's a what the what what the f? There's a WTF meme of this. I've, ju- I've just found it of this blonde guy. That one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. in like a that, blonde, that guy. a blonde wig and a mustache. <laughs> but I see that meme see I can, so uh, often. Download that and, and I just I just think about Aaron Wainwright. <laughs> yeah, he's anyway. turning into a pretty good player. He's he's, he's all right. He he was very very good. And where's right. he play? The Dragons. Yeah, the Dragons. Mm. He's only been playing rugby for four years. No, that's insane. Yes. That is insane. Why, why was I so bad at rugby? Why was I <laughs> so horrifically bad at this sport? Oh, never mind. Um, yeah, Wales, they really snuck through. Mm. Really, I, really. God. Yeah, I think that... Um, I think Wales actually are pretty well equipped to... A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Go well against South Africa. Not to win it, but to go well. I think they'll have some cunning plan to somehow play South Africa with smaller men, less ball carrying, a weaker scrum, and somehow show up. That's well, just well, a feeling. Well, let's jump on to South Africa, Japan then, because I think the, the characteristic that defines Wales and South Africa is defence. Yep. And we talk a lot about the incredible attacking players that South Africa have got in their back three, the, the danger at nine, but and how massive and powerful their pack is, all of which are true, but their defence is their best quality and it's their in, mega. in that first half particularly their scramble defense when they got breached multiple times by Japan to get back time and time again and not concede a try that was because they they did not play well in that first half no they butchered a few chances they gave they had so many handling errors they gave away stupid penalties 
and they conceded a lot of territory in possession, but they did not concede a try against such a, a yeah. such a potent attacking force as Japan. They've conceded three tries in this World Cup, two of them against New Zealand in the space right? of what two minutes? Th- two. Yeah, th- so th- who was th- the three, four minutes? Yeah, oh, Can- Canada. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it's to, I think you're right to point that out, Phil, because to keep Japan tryless, yeah, is Japan, massive. The, the, the team that they remind me of most is the All Blacks. The All yeah, Blacks yeah. just seems to do exactly the same as they do, but better, really, uh, with a bigger pack. Yeah, uh, the, I was thinking about this before. That in, if you were to rank the handling ability, and certainly based on the performances this weekend of the teams, the last eight, you would go Japan's handling ability number one. Yeah, then New Zealand. Yeah. I would then rank England, mm-hmm. followed by Australia, followed by France, mm-hmm. followed then by South Africa, just followed by Wales, with Ireland dead last. Yeah, I, I would swap the, the top two, but the rest of them, yeah, you can have that. I, th- I still think New Zealand have the advantage over Japan, even in, even with how good they are at handling. New Zealand are just the best. They just are. Um yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was definitely the most exciting 5-3 game I've seen up until half-time. It was. It really was. So exciting. And at half-time, when, when at this stage, my 460 quid just rests on this one result, and South oh, Africa <laughs> repeatedly get themselves into great positions, they blew, Am and Mapimpi blew a two-on-one. Oh. He uh, takes contact and tries to offload out the back straight to the floor. Diolande. Just let the them go to the ball. Yeah. Pick, pick it up again. Yeah. That's simple. You will crash over the line if you just crash and recycle the ball. Yeah. But that, that happened not just those two. It happened three or four times, and Japan looks so, so dangerous. And Kenki Fukuoka, when he steps inside and then outside Colby, mm. was just amazing. Why is he going to stop to be a doctor? <laughs> Someone needs to have a real, real good chat with him. Like, go to France, just get a couple of hundred thousand pounds more, then become a doctor. Yeah, do another three, four years. You can become a doctor whenever you want, and it's not even that hard. What was very noticeable about South Africa again, touching on their defence, that no, that that Japan and Ireland, uh, that Scotland and Ireland couldn't manage, is that when when South Africa kept the ball, put the ball behind Japan, and said, "Go on, then attack us." Japan, yes, they attacked with a lot of guile, a lot of skill, but they couldn't get out. They, 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 second half, South Africa made Japan kick. Yeah, which for the I first time in the World Cup, which yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't like that at all. But, when well, but they did, but, but they couldn't run it yeah. out. Yeah, particularly second half. My yeah, Japan were they had done they'd thrown everything they could. South Africa had absorbed it. I will t- tell you one thing on that I love about the South African defense is the way that they use Fafta Clerk. Yeah, so they they Fafi. so oh, as a flyer. So he yeah he yeah. seems to have this kind of free role where he will track along the back and he will then spot, he'll try and analyse and look for, right, 13, 13 channels are getting the ball and he will just fly and cut off. But because he's not really part of the defensive line, he pops up where he wants. There's okay. no gap behind him and he does it He does it so, so well. He so picks the, the, the danger man. The other way to look at this is, why would you want Faf de Klerk in your defensive line? He is a good defender. No, 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 no. He's a great defender, don't get me wrong, at what he does. But you wouldn't want Fafta Clerk in your defensive line. Well, scrum halves are normally sweepers a little yeah, bit anyway, yeah, aren't but, they, but behind you know, the if you, if you put him in the defensive line between, like, I don't know, Mostar and Etzebeth, it's quite clear 
where the attacker's going to go. Yeah, but scrum halves don't norm- ordinarily occupy that position. They normally stand in a sweeper position behind the ruck. But, but and, and, and I think South Africa have just expanded on that. He yeah. has well, he's, he's, not, well, he's sweeping, isn't he? And then he's and then he through. picks. Yeah, he sweeps and then he picks, but then he blitzes. So and he's almost not tied to the rest of the defence. So what the, the rest role, of the fans do is it totally irrelevant to what he does. So the role that you'd look at for him would be something like an American football free safety. As in, you know, mm. free, freedom to roam, and then yep. when it's on, yep. you make your you own decision and come yeah. through the line. I think, it's quite, uh, I think it's quite smart. And that is a nice little analogy to lead me into why I think Japan uh, stuttered and then ultimately stumbled, which was they have a, their attack is, to, you know, to go back to NFL, it's a bit like a really well-timed West Coast offense with little dinks and dunks, and it's all based on the timing. And I think once South Africa just started rattling people, and people started to get a little bit fatigued, they couldn't run the lines. And when you can't run your lines, and you, you know they don't have multiple options, that's what, that's why they had to kick. And then you're playing a sort of Northern Hemisphere or a Tier One bludgeoning type rugby, and they're never going to beat South Africa or England or Wales or anyone if you're trying to beat them at that game. Well, I'll, f- I'll flip it around and say that Japan actually kept South Africa to a lot less points than I think a lot of other country- a lot of other top countries would have done. Mm, yes. Yeah, because you'd be playing South Africa at their own game. Because you know, at least yeah, Japan... Well, yeah, at least Japan show up with something new something new to offer. Their defence was still heroic. They just... Yeah, yeah. they just... Uh, it, it was a step too far. The, the problem I had with Japan going into this game is I don't think they had any sort of defence around the ruck so they had no threat to turn over uh, and therefore you've got these big South Africans running at you over and over again um, their set piece is actually remarkably good at times I mean I think they their, their won, li- won one against the head their line out did struggle though yes, their the line out got picked off the scrum was not time. too bad um, it's just it was just a step too far but look it might have, it, beating South Africa might be a step too far for everyone in this World Cup except for the All Blacks yeah, so potentially. There's no, absolutely so no there's, yeah, no shame at all. It's a it's a hell of a tournament for Japan overall. So how do you want to do this, guys? Do you want to do a podcast later in the week when we know the teams and so do a very gonna... short little look at the semi-finals now? Well, I... let's just do yeah, very quick. Who's going to win, and then we can finish it yeah. off. Yeah. In, in so we'll, we'll have a when we get the when we get the teams and stuff. When we're a bit close to time, we'll do a sixty-two percent lineout successful. Yeah. Yeah. For Japan, not. Yeah. Good oh, although 100% goal kicking success, so that's good, isn't it? Um, <laughs> one, one attempt, <laughs> one, one from one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the goal kicking, you just yeah. on that. Uh, do, do you know what I said about the rocks? Um, just looking at the stats here, South Africa had 100% rock success, so I wasn't just right, I was really right. Couldn't really, be more right, really, really right, really correct there. So, just on the goal kicking, because that will get more and more important in it, or it does get more and more important towards the end. Um, Wales, 100%, England. 100%. I mean, Farrell, 8 from 8, including a couple from the touchline. He's terrible, isn't he, JB? Well, he didn't have a head injury, did he? So, um, New Zealand, 62%. Hmm. They missed a few. I think they missed three um, three conversions and maybe a penalty. You know, it's just dawned on me that if England win this... If England beat the All Blacks, they'll have to move into the mountains, aren't they? Well, they've already... <laughs> do, you not think, do you not think a World Cup semi-final is all... They've already defied your... Oh, yeah. They, they've look, defied, they've, they've they've defied your downfall yeah, look, they, by they, a long chalk. I'm not going to criticise like England today because it is, the, it is their day. There'll be more time for that. Uh, we, will, <laughs> we, will, we will discuss it another time. Um, you know, there, there have been harder routes to a World Cup semi-final than this one, I, I, I will say. 
Uh, right. Really? Oh yeah. Like New Zealand. <laughs> I think any if uh, England beat New I, Zealand. No, no, World Cup semi. All oh, no, oh, right, to, yeah, semi. to the semi. Yeah, I, Ireland's route was arguably harder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of harder <laughs> routes, isn't there? Lots of harder routes. France's route route in 2015 was harder. Yep. Getting well, hammered well, 60 odd 10 by New Zealand. Well, England would have got to a quarter final regardless of a result against France. So they were still in a group that everyone was saying all... Because I, mean, I think pre-World Cup... they were Cup, in Ireland's pre- group and they're coming out against France or New Zealand, I mean, that's a bloody hard group. Pre-World Cup, people were saying that England were in the toughest pool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It they depends were. who yeah, you are yeah. for that tough pool, I would say. Because well, if you're no. if you're Italy, you're no. in the toughest pool. Yeah, exactly. If you're but Italy or South, was, uh, or USA, uh, yeah. I mean, but, I would but for a the... tier one nation, I think it was. It, you've it, got the two best. Yeah. Other teams. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's a hot. Yeah, so that pool is de- is definitely harder for England. I I think I would rather. Would I rather play? No, I would rather have just one of the tier one nation. Yeah. Rather than have those two. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. fair to say that they're but. You know, England looked clearly, clearly better than um, than, than Argentina to the point that they didn't really bother them. An Argentina team that pushed France very, very close, which in, in, which in turn pushed Wales very, very close, who in turn beat England. So there we go. <laughs> Wales, <laughs> the best team in the world. Wales, the best best team in the world. Yeah. Let's just call the World Cup off now. Uh, <laughs> so, like, relatively briefly, then we'll do it more in depth later in the week. Uh, let's let's go backwards. Sunday, the t- two teams we've just been talking about, Wales and South Africa. As I say, I, th- I think defensively it's going to be huge. I think there'll be a massive amount of kicking. Uh, it'll be the mo- it'll be attritional as you like. Who, yeah. who will come out? I-, I think that plays right into Wales's hands. I think, and I think they're going to I think they're going to get through. I think exactly the same, but I don't think they'll get through. I think they'll lose. Like it's going to be heartbreak. I think it's going to be so close, and then heartbreak. So I have to go through. I was watching that game, that thinking the Welsh game, thinking if they do this, if they get through, they are going to struggle because they don't have the depth that South Africa, England, New Zealand, the other three semi-finalists do. They cannot bring a world-class type five off the bench, nope. or even they can't bring them from anywhere. I'm not even sure they, they have a. Mm. They don't have a first choice world yeah, class do, type yeah, five. Do they have a sixth? Uh, I don't know who, I, who would. Who would be my sixth best type five player in Wales? <sighs> Elliot D from the Dragons. I got no idea. Yeah. So, Reese Kerry. Um, <sighs> so, I was watching that game, and it was bloody physical against France. And there were boys like Wainwright got strapped up. Those boys going off. Those Hadley Park. We've already spoken about. But Bigger took a few hits. Only a week after having a sickening knockout, he was fine. He's fine. His second of the tournament. Stop asking questions. Fine. Tim, stop Tim, it. Stop Tim, it. Tim, <laughs> we've spoke about this. He's fine. <laughs> I trust that he's fine, and he played bloody well. But he did. He is right now only one seri- one big hit away from not playing again in the tournament. And if there's one team you're going to get a big hit against, yes. They. I mean, so I was just thinking this game, while. While it will play into Wales's strengths if they were at full fitness and full strength, I just cannot see them doing it. No. And I cannot I, see when when South Africa bring um, Marks, Kitsoff, <sighs> Cock, Moster, and Snayman off the bench, <laughs> off the bench <laughs> after fifty minutes. And do you know what would be my dream? My dream would be yes, Wales are going through, and it'd be great. We'd see, we'd see this wild French team go up go up against France. 
Uh, it would just be French team go up against South Africa. Sorry, 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 against South Africa. My word, what a, <laughs> what a clash of worlds that would have been. I, I do I'd th- love to see uh, Camille Shat and Malcolm Marks. Oh, just wrestle. Next oh my word, Shat is in some shape, isn't Both he? Both of those boys. Both those guys God. are in incredible shape. Now, I, I, I'm sure Mr. Sh- Mr. Shat has done everything perfectly above board to get in such shape. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm positive he has. Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing world rugby. That said. I would look at Camille Schatz uh, in the same way I would look at a you know, at Donald Trump's tax returns, which is with deep, deep suspicion. You know, <laughs> like when you when you see people, it's inhuman, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, maybe we want to have a, a chat here. Maybe maybe we should just do a bit, a bit of testing, see, see see what's going on. But it like looks say, it looks like something out of a Marvel comic, or yeah. 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 Like, but like I say, I am one hundred percent certain that is not the case. Yeah. I'm just saying. If I was going to look, that's yeah. where I would look. Yeah, in the same yeah. way, if I looked for tax evasion, I'd go to the Cayman Islands. It's a lot of same work. sort of thing. It's a lot of good work he's put in. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, the, the the difference I would I think is that, as you mentioned, Phil, South Africa are a very blunt instrument. They don't offload a lot. They have incredible men in wide positions, but I I just got this. I've just I, since before the tournament, I've just had this feeling about Wales. And I, do you know what? Would fill my heart with joy if South Africa win it. Because let's just say that they that they beat Wales, South Africa go on to the final, and they beat the All Blacks. Because for all the talk of how important skill is and how we need to be teaching kids a different type of rugby, just massive actually, brutal, what you need, massive what you brutal really, men. Yeah, what you really need yeah. is four even Elizabeths and some big front rows. That would fill my heart with joy <laughs> because it would just be like a massive custard pie into the face of all the people. It's about skills, no, it's not. It's about beating people up and bullying people, steamrolling and beating be- yeah. alpha mailing it over every bullying other nation. people, bullying, <laughs> rubbing people's face in the dirt. After, you know, after, after, after you tackled them, that's about, what I want to see. It's about bar. Barbecuing, having a braai yeah, with beef four times a day. Just being obnoxious and horrible. <laughs> so, um, so speaking, uh, speaking of which, there might be some stories that come out after the World Cup. Anyway, yeah. that's, um, actually, England, South Africa might would probably do it for me. Mm. England, South Africa would be a very good final. Uh, New Zealand, South Africa would be a very uh, good uh, my, my heart's saying I really want Wales to win. I, I mean, I, I, pick, I picked South Africa before the World Cup to win it. I think they probably will do it, but I've just, I've just got this feeling about Wales. What do you reckon, Phil? Give me South Africa by 10 points. I'm with you, Tim. Except for the result. Close with the South Africa win. We can get into this more. I'll see with the teams. If JD's in the side, then maybe that JD changes JD will thing. be a big boost. Yeah. yeah. So would another massive second row and a ball carrier. Just any. Yeah. There Fal- must be Fal- a ball Fal- carrier in Wales available on the weekend. Yeah. Because they, they they try and use George North, but he's just he is not the same George North as is, a few years ago. He has not been particularly good, not um, been particularly effective. How how bad was Falatel's shoulder? It must be fixed by now. <laughs> yeah, come on, sort yourself out. Uh, right, and the other semi final. I I, 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 th- I think the kamikaze the kamikaze kids are gonna. Can I just? Talk I think about, they could do a number on New Zealand. Can I just talk about one? Oh no, I'm not going to talk about Muffy. I want to talk talk about uh, Muffy because. Phil sent a um, an article relating to what he's been accused of. Have, have you heard this? We did t- cover Anna this on Mackie a podcast. Anna Mackie Maffey. Yeah. yeah, we covered this on a podcast. It's about it's at least eighteen months old. It, yeah, look at the, look at the article yourself. It's uh, it's a fascinating story. There, there are there are other alleged things which haven't 
we, not about him I'm talking about, but there are other alleged things what about talk, what, players. What, what are you hinting at here, Tim? Let's, no, let's just move on to let's, the... Let's, let's move on, let's move on. Other... A South African player? Nothing, no, I'm, no, 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 no I can't, no, that's not what I'm talking about at all. No, no, although there, there are some allegations there, but no, let's move what on. What are we talking... Oh, God damn it, right, fine. Um, the other one? Move on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Uh, I think the Kamikaze kids are going to do a job, and I, I think I think Owen Farrell's going to bring it home. I think oh. I think England gets smashed by about twenty points. I think it's going to be a very very hard harsh reality check. The Kamikaze kids matching up against Kane and Surveyor. I know because those two those two are bloody good players. I mean, Surveyor is some athlete. Surveyor so just seems to get better every game he plays. Yeah, more and more influential. Um, more I, taller and taller hair. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Second rows again. I, I, uh, Bro- I said Brody Retallick coming back. Goodness me! Doesn't look like he's not played for three months. Oh, the matchups all over. Marrow, this is your test as well. Kamikaze kids, this is your test. Marrow, this is your test. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, come on, back to form. This is your test. Owen Farrell on. Bowden Barrett and Moonga, come on, you got Moonga. this. Yeah, it's probably better than Farrell, but not as good as Ford, I would guess. The biggest worry, right? So, so we can get into this more later in the week. But is there any argument whatsoever for, uh, say, Noel on the right wing and Watson at fullback? Possibly, given yeah. So there, there's definitely an argument for it. Definitely, it's more. There's is there an argument to get rid of Daly? Because he is a definite weakness. Well, that's the only yeah. other fullback option, really. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that is. So, but I mean, does that mean Daly goes on the wing? Because he is important. You could, you could do well, that if May's injured. Maybe that's the, re- the how you rejig things, Possibly. rather than Cock and the singer. I mean, or McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. So there's a question mark over Noel's fitness. Yeah, um, it does seem a little bit. Um, what's over it? A bit of a luxury actually to have Cock and the singer, and. Uh, what's his name? McConaughey. McConaughey. Uh, when actually they've only used May and Watson so far. I mean, they've used McCon- them McCon- in important games. Yeah, McConaughey played the USA game. Yeah, yeah. McConaughey and uh, Falconer Singer played the USA game. Uh, you can have an extra second row. You can McConaughey was named to play one and then pulled out and then played the next one. Oh. Yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Hmm. Um, I did always wonder: was McConaughey there? Is he expendable just in case one of the Props. One of Genjo Marler goes down before uh, Mako is back fit, so he can be sent home for compassionate reasons. Oh crikey! Uh, to bring in, I think meant like expend them like as if you know in case they got into a bar fight, like they they, <laughs> like they, like they threw McConaughey in the way and they get, you know, get out run. Throw <laughs> yeah. well, him in the way. Let's hold go. Them, hold them <laughs> off, McConaughey. <laughs> By the way, on that, just just very briefly. Can uh, can anybody explain why I'm supposed to be why I'm supposed to be upset or give a damn Ooh, about I, I, Thomas Ramos going home in, going home and then playing a week later? <laughs> because it's outrageous, Tim. Is it's it absolutely outrageous? Is it? I, of course think, it is. Is it? I think it's. I think I just think it shows. Is it outrageous? What's yeah. that? What's the outrage no, part? I'm not. I'm not I'm outraged. outraged. I just I'm outraged. Think, I just find it absolutely hilarious. It's just a great example of like. The, the French left hand and right hand have got no idea yeah. what they are doing. Oh no, totally! Which I, is I, outrageous, I, right? I completely I mean, agree. I completely agree with that. No, okay. So the, the element look, is it's not there's, outrageous. There's like a lot. That, there's a lot of, and I describe them on Twitter as bedwetters. There's a lot of bedwetters <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, isn't Getting incredibly outraged, saying it's this is this is world rugby. You need to do something. This is an outrage because Thomas Ramos got sent home. No, no, no. 
and, and then played a week later yeah. for There's, um there is two types of outrage okay? to lose the outrage that you've got in your mind is like using the wrong pronouns kind of outrage like hysterical outrage which you can't control the other type of outrage is us doing a podcast and me forgetting to to, uh, uh, to press record that is outrageous <laughs> it is outrageous right that thomas ramos got picked for a world cup and was sent home injured, only to play for Toulouse the week after. Yeah, so that but, is outrageously but, stupid. But there yes, are yeah. there are bedwetters on Twitter thinking that, that this is some sort of conspiracy, and they've done it to get Rates in. Ooh. Like, <laughs> oh, they just they wanted to get rid of Ramos, and so that, this is how they've done it by cheating. No, uh, Jacques Brunel, just as you said, the medical team have said one thing and, very, and got it completely and, wrong. And, and what a conspiracy too. During the group stages, we 100% need Thomas Ramos. But in the knockouts, if we don't have Rattes, Rattes. on the bench, <laughs> my exactly. word, what yeah. will we do next? Exactly. So exactly as <laughs> Phil said, I put it down. The outrage is, how can France be so useless? Yes. It, it is. It's exactly just not, not, not that someone's cheated. Yeah. It is as outrageous as not putting anyone at number eight yeah. on yes. an yes. World Cup Or elbowing someone in the, in, in the, in the head. Again, so, on your attacking ball in the opposition's 22. So, bedwetters, wet your bed about the right thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's a great ending. Well well, well done, Tim. Right, <laughs> Let's um, leave it there. Buy some razors at Cornerstone. That, that's very important. Buy some rugby shirts at uh, Akuma shop. shop. We've not spoken Akuma about them. Because we've had so much rugby to talk well, about. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We'll, t- we'll tell you about all our partners and how you can support the podcast on our Premiership pod, which we will have in the yes. feed as well. So, <laughs> hit subscribe. And I think I'm going to say it again so that we end on this point. Bedwetters, wet your bed about the right thing. (laughs) No, it's a great weekend of rugby. Let's celebrate rugby. (laughs) I'm bedwetting. (laughs) Bye-bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.